Welcome to ATRA, Voices from the Field. This sustainable agriculture podcast is presented by the National Center for Appropriate Technology with support from USDA Rural Business Cooperative. So uh, choosing cover crops, there are many, many different things to consider when you're uh, when you're uh, choosing a cover crop, you know, your soil, uh, does it have the appropriate pH? And, you know, um, some of these cover crops, they they cover a very wide range of soil pHs. And, you know, they, they do fine. And whether it's uh, a 5 or an 8, they still grow just fine. But some of them have a much more narrow um, pH requirement. You know, what's the texture of the soil? Is it is it cl more clay or is it more sandy? Um, you know, what what um, what cover crop you know prefers your specific soil type? Then um, whether it's a, a droughty area. Now, my crops I, were, I was growing on a on a on a silty sand, and uh, it was very droughty. And once it was dry, it was dry and it was hard like a rock. But when it was wet, it was it was something uh, slick and, and nasty. You'd uh, you'd get your tractor stuck into it. So um, this is very important because some cover crops they can they can grow in in drought conditions um, better, and most of them don't like wet feet. So if you've got uh, like my soil, what I had to do was uh, switch over to um, the clovers in the wintertime, they, they did well in it, and then in the summer, um, we used iron and clay peas because they could just deal with that soil better. Then also, um, does it flood? Um, down here in Texas, uh, we're, we're having a lot of floods <laughs> recently. Um, so I've, I've seen farmers have their whole field uh, washed away. And when I, I mentioned wet feet earlier, um, some of these cover crops, they just cannot be flooded. They cannot stand wet feet. They'll die. Uh, the other consideration is uh, diseases. Things like um, in, in the south, what's, what's killing out kudzu is, um, is soybean rust. And I'll just give an aside on kudzu. Um, kudzu is, is a fantastic cover crop, but it's demonized because of its, its invasive tendencies. Um, but well-made uh, well kudzu could actually feed the world. I mean, because it feeds a, it feeds the soil. You know, it's a it's a legume. It builds up uh, nitrates. Um, you can feed livestock with it. Uh, people are controlling it now in in the south using uh, goats and sheep. But you can also feed people with it, and it's even got medicinal value. So, it's a it's a cover crop, but it's a little out of control. So don't. Don't hate kudzu too much. Um, but when you grow cover crops, it's basically a monoculture. At least when I do it, it's a monoculture. And there are some, there are some recommendations by other organizations, and they want you to use all these mixes and stuff, but that, that causes some issues, and I've had calls about those issues. So um, I prefer my cover crops to be monoculture. Um, you can deal with them better, but that also kind of sets you up for failure if there is a disease outbreak. So just keep that in mind if you've got diseases. Um, also important are your growing seasons and cycles. Um, if you're growing some of these that I'm going to talk about, because they are hot season and they're, they're uh, subtropical and tropical crops, um, will they have 
you know, the, the time they need to uh, complete their life cycle or do what you need them to do. Because if it's something that takes, uh, you know, over a year to mature and you have a frost in between there and you're dealing with frost, frost tender things, um, it's not going to really benefit you as much as, as you, you needed it to. Also important is your next crop. Um, some of these things are allelopathic. And we'll talk about one of those later, but um, allelopathy is when uh, one crop, um, it affects the next crop in a negative way. And if you want to know more about that, um, I've got, uh, we've got a publication that just came out on uh, companion planting and botanical pesticides, and it talks about allelopathy and, and um, companionships between plants. Um, Do you need any special equipment to manipulate your, your cover crop? Now, I know, I know I've seen at a lot of conferences, they sell these uh, roller crimpers and, and all that, and I've, I've tried these, you know, and I've rolled over some cover crops, and those cover crops kind of smiled and shrugged their shoulders and waved at me and said, ha-ha, I'm back. So, you know, I, I don't use a roller crimper, I mow. Because when I want when I want my cover crop gone, I've, I'm going to destroy it completely by mowing. But some people can get away with roller, rolling and crimping and all that. That's okay. You have to figure out what is ideal for your particular uh, situation. Then the last thing, the last consideration is weed control. Now weed control is one of the most important. Um, characteristics of a cover crop for me because I'm down here in the south if I'm growing organically um, there's not a lot of things that you can do for weeds and wh when I say organically I'm not talking about product replacement I'm not saying um, just go out and spray a bunch of um, um, organically approved herbicides on things I, I'm instead growing things in accordance with with like a, a, a natural uh, ebb and flow of, of vegetation. So for me, weed control, I, I use my cover crops as, uh, as weed control and, and tillage. I, use, uh, I like using reciprocating spaders. But in any case, um, uh, these, uh, these really robust legumes, they have an advantage over their, their non-legume uh, counterparts. They manufacture their own nitrates, and that's a big, big plus on uh, legumes. Um, so my idea is to basically set the weeds back, um, prepare the field, let the weed seeds germinate, go through there and, and uh, do a really light tillage on that, then plant the cover crop seeds, then press those down with the roller, and uh, now you have the uh, the cover the the first set of weeds that was going to germinate and be a problem. You've knocked all those down. You've planted your cover crop seeds. Now they grow just unopposed, and that's important because uh, a lot of these things they don't compete well when they're small. But once they get big, then they crowd out all the other weeds. And so um, our our big weed. Well, my big weed is is Bermuda grass. I hate Bermuda grass with a deep burning passion, but all these uh, all these cattle ranchers love this stuff around me. So, for me to take a vegetable field and prepare it, I have to you know make sure that all the Bermuda grass is gone. And between growing cover crops and um, 
one of my one of my little tricks was I would I would grow um, Austrian winter peas or uh, crimson clover over the winter time, and let them completely live out their uh, growth cycle. So they're dying. Well, like the Austrian winter peas, they're dying in like um, uh, late May, early June, and they leave this nice brown mat of uh, of, of um, vegetable matter. And so when the weed seeds are trying to germinate back in March and April, they're covered up by this blanket, this this uh, covering of, veg uh, of vegetative matter. And they're, the, these seedlings are, or these uh, proper wheels from last season, in the case of uh, Bermuda grass, they're, they're cut off from the sun. So they're starved and they tend to die out. So after that, then I would incorporate the uh, the the Austrian winter peas or or mow the uh, more the the clover, and it would really make a nice field. So we would get rid of uh, uh, weeds about 89 to to 99 percent just using cover crops and tillage. No chemicals, no spraying anything, just cover crops and tillage. All right, so. All the cover crops that I'm going to talk about today are legumes because, as I mentioned, I don't like grasses. Um, grasses, they, they rob the soil of everything, and um, the legumes, they're, they're constantly replacing both organic matter and nitrates into the soil. And down here where I'm at, that's, that's the most important thing because the soils are hot, the organic matter is burning up, and with the, when the organic matter leaves, it's taking the nitrates and, and uh, all the carbon with it. So I'm always wanting to replace everything back into the soil by using uh, legumes. Some people love grasses um, for, for different aspects. People use rye for, uh, for its allelopathic effects on, on weeds, but I, I just don't like it because I, I need my nitrogen. Um, so the stuff I'm talking about today is it's not comprehensive. It's just little handy facts. It's just to um, kind of pique your curiosity because uh, we'll have a publication uh, later on in the summer and it'll talk about um, talk about all this stuff that I'm talking about today in depth and uh, I hope you enjoy the crops that I, I'm, I chose for you today. Um, one last thing is inoculation. Since I am talking about legumes, um, it's very important that you inoculate. And it depends on what the fields were before. If you're if you're looking at like a a, a Faciolus rhizobium uh, for like common beans, um, those persist in the soil pretty well. Um, around me, I've got the, the P inoculant or the P rhizobium, it's in the soil, it's everywhere. The clover uh, rhizobium, it's everywhere. So some places or some rhizobium, they're ubiquitous. They're there, you don't really have to worry about them. But it's, it's good to inoculate because um, the wrong species of rhizobium will form nodules on the plant that you've, that you've selected. But what will happen if it's not the right, if it if it doesn't have the right compatibility, what you'll what you'll know or what you'll notice is that when you look at the nodules and you break them all uh, break them open, it'll be like brown or gray on the inside. Uh, a productive nodule is pink, so you can always test your your legumes by pulling one up, looking at the roots, seeing 
first, if it's got nodules. Second, how many nodules it's got, it has. And then third, is that nodule working by breaking one of the nodules open and looking at the, uh, the pink? You can find other episodes of ATRA, Voices from the Field, along with ATRA's other sustainable agriculture resources at www.atra.ncat.org. That's www.attra.ncat.org.